Welcome to the Finding Success Show, where we interview successful people so you can learn what it takes to find your own success in business and in life. Coming to you live from the Jersey Shore with your host, Justin Bosak, Abram Covella, and Steve Libman. Welcome back to the Finding Success Radio Show. We appreciate you tuning back in, and this is just our second show. And we're excited to be back here with Justin Abram, and I'm Stephen. And uh, what we're here doing is just talking about how we are finding, replicating success, right? So, boys, how was your week? Welcome back. Yeah, uh, it's good Good to be back. New year. I had a little bit of a crazy debacle myself this past week. Uh, coming back from Disney, and then everyone in my house catches the flu, so that was fun. Ooh, um, how's everybody doing now? Everyone's uh, everyone's doing good. I was the only healthy one, thank God. I was able to take care of them, but uh, man, it threw. I was like coming back from Disney, ready to like take twenty twenty by by the horns, and I was like, "Holy moly, man!" I had to take a step back and take care of my family for a little bit. Sure, um, but everyone's fully recovered, and uh, we're gearing in for the new year. Cool, Justin. Happy, happy to be new back year. At it, man. Yeah, happy new year. You know, time time to get moving. Got a lot of projects going on, a lot of big things going on, so looking forward to uh, 2020. So. Yeah, 2019 was amazing. 2020, even better. I'm excited that we are going to continue to talk to our audience about what success looks like, how do right. we define it, how do we attain it, how do we replicate it, what are the failures and teeth-kicking-ins that we've all taken so that we can get over that <laughs> and find real success. And uh, yeah, I think this next year is going to be incredible in terms of growth. I'm excited about the guests that we have coming on here to talk about their successes and what they've done to achieve it. And look, the heart behind the whole show is we have attained some level of success and it's always been on the shoulders of giants. And if you can learn something from this show, then we're accomplishing our goal. And if we can learn something, then certainly we're accomplishing our goal. So welcome back. Thank you very much for tuning in once again. Um, You know, I was listening to last week's show and what we focused on a lot of was what are the pillars of success? How do we define it? We all had very similar definitions of it, which I found interesting because not a single one of them was monetary related, right? It was a lot about time. It was a lot about impact. It was a lot about influence and it was a lot about giving back. So what I took away from that whole show was I think the world's definition of success has really been perverted about what real success actually is. And I think we did a good job of digging into that. And uh, somebody that I'm excited to introduce to our guests is uh, Christian Kane. He is the uh, founder of Tom's River Field of Dreams, an incredible project that we're excited to talk to you about today, Christian, because it really hits on what we look at as what success can look like. How do you overcome obstacles? How do you put something in motion to become successful? So thank you so much for being here with us. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having uh, This is, uh, once again, a, a great uh, opportunity, to, not only for myself, but obviously for you guys to, you know, once again, help others. And as you said, if you're just finding success, you know, uh, a bank account, you know, obviously always looks well, but, uh, you know, what you're imprint that you leave on your community uh, while you're here and after you've, you know, after you've left, uh, I think sometimes uh, carries a lot more weight than, uh, you know, a pound of gold. Yeah. And I think that that's why we were excited to have you on as our first guest in the Finding Success radio show was because you you haven't built a city, you haven't, 
you know, acquired this insane amount of wealth. You're not a multi-billionaire, but what you are doing is impacting and influencing people for decades and generations to come. And I think collectively we decided that, wow, that's a really important endeavor and I want to know more about it. <laughs> so <clears throat> why don't you tell us a little bit about what the project is, a sure. little bit about your background sure. and how how this has all come to be. Yeah. Um, the Field of Dreams is a, you know, a, a, a nonprofit organization that uh, back in March of 2017, my wife, Mary and I, um, you know, established. Um, it really kind of, you know, basically came from, you know, on July 12th, 2012, you know, from a car accident. Um, I was waiting to make a turn into the high school that I teach at, which is Townsville North High School. And as I was waiting, uh, my son, uh, my youngest son, Gavin, uh, was in the car and we were hit from behind by a, uh, by a you know, by a beer truck. Um, I do remember, you know, when coming to um, the sound of, of nothing is uh, for a parent, uh, probably the scariest sound you could hear because when you get hit by something and a 19 month old child isn't screaming or yelling, uh, you know you have problems. You know there's, there, there's an issue. And, uh, you know, Gavin at the time, you know, was a typical 19-month-old boy, uh, just like our five other children. And um, But the the accident, uh, he, you know, he suffered a traumatic brain injury, uh, you know, a right front temporal stroke, and he basically went from something uh, to nothing. Um, and it, it puts you into a world that you never, you know, you knew about, but, you know, you really didn't know too much about this special needs community. Um, and you were thrown right into it. And um, it's been a it's been a long haul. I mean, um, you know, we're lucky that Gavin's now nine and, um, you know, he, he goes to Silver Bay Elementary School. You know, he, he still can't walk or talk, but he's getting better every day. And which is for Mary and I, which that's the greatest hope. But along this journey of trying to put the pieces back together for him, you know, you meet so many other parents, you know, who are in the same situation, you know, no matter what your special need is. And as you were going to Children's Hospital in Tom's River, um, you noticed that there was really no place for people to do things. You know, mm. um, you know, in our world, you know, it's you know about near eighty percent of all families with a special need end up in divorce because it, it is difficult. It's it's time consuming. It's it's tough on you mentally. It's tough on you physically. It's t- it drains everything out of you, and uh, and you're trying to do the best for your your loved one that has a special need. And what happens is, is that there is no place for them to go. Uh, there's nowhere for the caretakers to be able to communicate with other people in regards to, hey, what doctor, what therapist, where do you go, what, you know, what should I do? And we started to realize, like, oh, my gosh, th- there's this need. But then in March of 2017 is when it hit home. Uh, as Gavin's getting now better, he wants to be the kid he used to be. He remembers what it's like to be a kid who runs around a playground. So Mary brings him to a special needs playground in our community. And it was one of those beautiful, like, you know, March days where it's like 65. And the playground's crowded. And it's supposed to be a special needs, you know, playground. So the part that Gavin can use is all the way to the far left in the corner. So problem number one, everyone's playing. But then the swing that he needed was in the far left corner. Second thing, she gets there and there's kids who are typical who are on that swing. Now, mind you, there's tons of other swings that are empty. The one swing that he could use is now being used by a typical child, which is fine, but now here you are waiting for that. Child leaves. Now, Mary's 100 pounds soaking wet. Gavin is now, you know, 75, 80 pounds. She's trying to get him on this swing, and it's moving, and she can't get him. Not one parent 
who was surrounding her or by her would get off their phone to look up and look back down. Not one person helped her. And it was at that point when she came home and says, listen, we need to create this complex. It's not just a playground. It's just not the baseball field. It's just not, it's, it has to be a place where those who have a special need can feel typical. They can do everything else that everyone else can do. And it gives them an area that they know that they won't be stared at and that they'll be helped there and they can enjoy and laughter and fun. And that's where it really started. Started with that incident now as Gavin's getting better and Mary, who's typical, who is a strong woman, could not get him on that swing. And now what do you do? And then you knew, wait a minute, we can't be the only ones. Right. And it was. And we found out that we weren't the only ones and that there is a need. And um, and that's basically where the field of dreams kind of started, you know, you know, with that story. So a lot to unpack there. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'd love to dig into the complex. I think we'll probably do that a little bit later. If you don't mind, I'd like to go back a little bit to, you know, just kind of, you know, finding success for us. Right. Is um, everybody goes through some challenges and, you know, a lot of us can't imagine what it's like to go through kind of the situation that you guys went through as a family, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah. it affects your other yeah. children and your marriage. And oh, yeah. you even brought up like, hey, a lot of this stuff ends in divorce. Yeah. So what does it look like coming through a horrific accident like that to, especially with a spouse, be on the same page and say, hey, you know, we're not going to let this tear us apart. We're going to drive this together and we're still going to have a successful family here even through all of this adversity, how, how do you do that? Yeah, well, you know, and, and you, when you get married, you, you know, when you get married, you, you fall in love with somebody and everything's fine because it's just the two of you. And it's hard to kind of know um, if when now all of a sudden these incidences happen or even having children, what the other partner is going to be like because now you didn't have these pressures. However, you'll see as you're dating and as you're with somebody that there are hints and bits and pieces where it's like, hey, wow, she really dealt with that well or he dealt with that well. And you kind of then from there say, that's that's the partner I want, the partner who is there when it's not only the good times, but it's of the worst of times. Now, mind you, the worst of times may not have to be that drastic like a car accident, but it could be simply as I didn't get the job promotion. Um, uh, someone passed away, you know, my aunt or uncle. And you can see there, and you'd love to tell people who are younger, hey, listen, when you're choosing that person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life, you're looking for these instances that are going to be now reflections of what it's going to be down the road when you have now a mortgage payment and you now have bills to pay and you now have children and they have you know things that may happen to them. Now you'll know, like, listen, I know that person can do can deal with these obstacles, these tasks, because I've seen them do it in a, in a smaller microcosm, but you know that, that it's there. And, um, you know, with, with Mary and I, you know, we were, we were just such great partners and great friends leading in prior to this was that when this happened, we've gone through little things and we just kind of, you know, just ran right through them because as a team, that's what you have to do. So when this accident occurred, it was, you know, like Mary was a no-brainer. She says, I'm not working anymore. I'm going to be with Gav. I'm like, fine, I'll take care of the other guys um, until we can get him back home. And from there, you know, along the way, you do have instances where people are going, you know, there, there's going to be 
there's going to be wreckage not only in the actual accident, but along the way, there's going to be things that are going to be missing out. So I've always told, you know, our, our four older children that the Mary and the, and, the, and the dad that you knew prior to the accident, they're now, they're gone. You, you're not going to have that mom and dad because Gavin requires so much attention that the four olders now had to say, you know what, you, you, you're going to have to step up a little bit. I'm not going to be around to do the same things that I did because he needs me. He needs me more than you. You're physically able to do something. And it's been tough. Listen, yeah. that's, there's no two ways about it. It's very difficult to then say, to tell those kids that and not to be able to be around as much as you'd like. But, you know, in the long run, they see, they watch what we do. And when they write a letter or an essay or like our oldest daughter, Brielle, wrote essays for college applications and she won grants for what she wrote about, it was about us, about Mary and I, about how they're our role models, that that's what I want to be like, mm. a person where whatever it takes, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be supportive, I'm going to help, and I'm going to give up, sacrifice my life, the things that I like to do for someone else who needs us. Well, it's probably incredible for your other kids to watch and see is they know that you would do the same thing for them. And, you know, that's good to have strong kids that will support you in that. And it's it's amazing to be the type of parents to be able to have the conversation that says, hey, you're still super important to me, yeah. but I, I'm going to need some help from you on that. You're listening to the Finding Success Show. So it almost became divide and conquer, right? I yeah. mean, I have a lot of kids still. Right. Um, I actually was one of Brielle's coaches right. for, for That's softball, right. and That's I remember right. seeing Mary there, and we met, you know, years later, and I'm like, oh, yeah. cool, you know, I, I know Brielle, but uh, you know, same same thing, obviously with me. Um, yeah. It is tough, you know, because you know the the parent that you know you were once with. Yeah all the action and all the activity and all the attention, uh, it, it's tough to divide it up because, you know, same same thing with me. I mean, it's y- your son needs, you know, all the help you could potentially give him and, and potentially more, um, especially being, you know, nonverbal and not being able to kind of communicate. Right. You know, there, there's a lot of stress and pressure that comes along with just that portion of it. But, uh, you know, I think kids are resilient and they recognize it. And, you know, it's not always the best scenario, but... You know, I think, uh, I know my kids, I think, grew up a little bit quicker. I'm sure your kids, you know, that's, it was, it's been the same thing. Yeah. So. yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, but once again, you know, this is how life is. Life isn't, you know. <laughs> right. I, it's not just a perfect golden path that, yeah. you know, there's no, there's, you know, like you're living in a bubble. It's just, you know, you, throughout your, you know, daily, you know, life, it, it's as you get these these ups and downs. And it's the ones who are able to deal with the, the, the highs and the lows the best, you know, because once again, I mean, you got to deal with the lows, but it's also, or how, how do you deal with the highs? Are you going to be, are, are you just going to just accept the high and just say, yeah, I did something good and therefore, and just still be even keeled and understand and appreciate what you did, but then, you know, move on to say, all right, this was a high for me, but this is not going to be the only high. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep trying to get a little bit better every single day. And, uh, you know, as a parent, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because, you know, you're, you're the mom and the dad and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they roll your eyes at you and you're like, what do you know? And stuff. And, you know, I, I think, um, everything, you know, being, yeah, right. And, uh, you know, then being a teacher, you know, being a high school math teacher, you know, uh, you, you, you touch so many, you know, lives and, uh, you know, how do you, how do you know, listen, how do you get 17, 18 year olds to want to listen, to learn about, you know, statistics, you know, at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, there, there's gotta be something there. 
um, that says, listen, this is this is how life is. And some of this could be things that we want to do and we don't want to do. But if you're going to do something, it's got to be 100 percent. You got to mm. be all in. Absolutely. And if you're not all in, then, you know, no matter if it's a class, you know, your work or your or your marriage, then I don't know why you're wasting your time. That, to me, it doesn't really make you know too much sense. It's a great success pillar. Right. And we talked about this a little bit last week on going all in and how, how do we make sure that we're convicted and committed to the next thing, right? Whether it's your marriage or your whatever your purpose is at that point. So it's uh, it's it's an incredibly inspiring story because you, you have seen the adversity. You guys have working through it together. So let's fast forward a little bit to uh, the field of dreams. So you're telling us a little bit about the story about you know, Mary going to the park and having some issues and uh, being yeah. by herself and not being able to, to get Gavin onto the swing and stuff. So how do you turn that, you know, struggle at the park <laughs> one day into what this has become, which is an incredible, you know, multi-million dollar project with yeah. literally hundreds, maybe thousands of hands yeah. helping and reaching out. And I mean, I know I've seen some some amazing press from yeah. uh, some some New York Mets and yeah. so, you know so just so many people helping out. So how do you go from that day at the park to this? I mean, just walk us through that. Mary comes home and right. says, "Hey, we got to do something." Right. But so so basically, how it worked was um, down in Epsic in New Jersey. Um, they have this Miracle League, and so this basically where people with a special need, whatever once again, whatever your need is. Um, you can play like a two inning baseball game and you know, you hear your name, you get to go hit, you know, go up to the plate, you hit the ball, you, you get a base hit, people are cheering for you. And we're like, this is phenomenal. Now, so Gavin's involved in this, but it's an hour and 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world, the mecca of baseball, you know, Tom's River, how in the world is there not a special needs baseball field? Now, not to say that there isn't challenger leagues like you know Trell, you know Tom's River uh, Baseball runs one, and the only problem is they run the, they run it on dirt, and Gavin's in a wheelchair. It rains, you know, you know on a Thursday. By the time they do it on Sunday, he you know he's still trudging around in the dirt. That's that's not the idea. The idea was to be able for him to be able to move around just like everyone else as best to his ability. So the idea was really, all right, we're going to build a baseball field. And like a snack shack. And we'll run leagues, and that was it. <laughs> $225,000, that was it. And I was thinking to myself, all right, listen, I know enough people that maybe if I told my story that we can do this. So then when Mary came on that day in March, and she says, listen, I know you want this baseball field and stuff, but that ain't it. She says, <laughs> I said, what do you mean that's <laughs> Mary's and, got bigger vision. Not and, enough, And, and what happened was, you, she says, listen, no, we need a playground where if you're in a wheelchair, you can stay in a wheelchair, not be stared at, be able to go down a slide or go down a zip line or like her, her the wheels for being, you know, once again, she was, a, you know, uh, you know, an elementary teacher as well. The wheels were already in motion. She already knew that this wasn't fair. And that was really what it came down to, that this just isn't right. This this is an injustice that why? Because you got into a car accident or you had a birth defect or, you know, you got some type of cancer. Why all of a sudden? Oh, well, you you sit in the corner. You sit there because you're out of the game now. And that just isn't fair. So she said we needed this. So um, we reached out to um, our friend Mike Rotaco. Uh, who I've known since he was a kid. And uh, I needed, I, listen, I, I've been living in Towns River for like the last 25 years and I know people, but I don't really like know people. And I knew that I needed to go to somebody who 
um, was, you know, well known within the community. And he said, listen, you need to start a nonprofit and boom, 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 boom. And I said, all right. Um, so what, how does that, you know, how do you work from there? And he says, well, you got to do this. You know, you got to get the, you know, you need a lawyer, you need an accountant, you, know, you know, you need a, a board of trustees. And I said, what the heck's a board of trustees? <laughs> right. So he said, trying to build I a said, playground. I said, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I want a baseball and that's what field. I was telling him. I said, I don't need this. I just need, you know, I, I just need to raise money. He says, yeah, but if you don't have people behind you that people can trust, your story will only go so far because, you know, people are going to need to know that here you are, you're, you're telling this story and you're telling them about building this thing and it's all in your head. Like you have nothing except a, a, a great way of telling this story. And it's, it's personable and it's, you know, it could happen to you and you, you bring that home. And he says, you have a way where when you're done talking, people are going to say, okay, where do I write the checkout to or how can I help? It was never, well, I don't, I'm not really sure. So he helped me form, you know, this board. And, you know, obviously Justin joined in. Uh, you got a Jeremy Grunin, a Noel Carino, and you start a Michael York. All of a sudden, he started collecting this group of Tom's River people who are going to want to be in Tom's River for a very long time. And then when I started to then ask for money, the major question was after my story was, well, do you have a board of trustees? And it was like, I do. And I showed them the list and they're like, Sure, I'll 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 donate. I'll invest. Good I'll be a of part advice. of you. Perfect. So he so, gave you the right roadmap. So he, you know, Mike really kind of, you know, at least with the board and with the foundation, kind of had the path. Now, really, the the issue was, you know, controlling my wife because it was more and more stuff. So now it turned now from now just a baseball field and a snack shack to now this this all inclusive playground. But then what? It, but then other kids wanted to do other things. Like, well, I don't want to play baseball. I'd rather play, you know, bocce ball. I'd rather play basketball or, a minute, you know, I'd rather play miniature golf. So it's just like, whole. so now hmm. here come the courts, which has bocce ball and basketball. Here comes a six-hole miniature golf course. Then as I was starting to do these fundraising talks, all of a sudden I'm looking out to the audience and I'm not talking to eight-year-olds and 12-year-olds. I'm talking to 40, 50, 60, 70, 80-year-olds. And whatever the reason, they're in a wheelchair and what they need. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it went from now just a playground slash baseball field to now an all-inclusive complex for anyone of any age. So therefore, you need a, you need a, a walking path so people can now, after knee replacement or hip replacement, they have a place to go to do rehabilitation, not in their home, right. but outside. You built a playground so that a grandma who used to take care of her three grandchildren but then suffered a stroke – well, now she's not grandma anymore because she doesn't have half the use of her body. But now she can now go on a merry-go-round or down a zip line and be the grandmother that she used to be, and but still be in her wheelchair, but still be the grandmother that can participate and do things. So that then all of a sudden you had, you had a thrive station, you know, for help people with rehabilitation. So now this thing is now just off the hook, and now all of a sudden you're looking at not two hundred fifty thousand dollars anymore, but now you're looking at two point two million dollars, and you're like, well, I I'm not sure if I know how to do that. And um, you know, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't going to a book, and it wasn't going to like a manual because there is no manual. Just like being a special needs parent, there is no manual. You do what you think is best, and you hope. The decisions you make are the ones that, that are correct. And it's not like we had, you know, everything work out fine. Um, but the game plan was, how am I going to raise all this money, but then also be able to, after it's built, 
how do I get this to be now a living, breathing entity? And that was the most important part that when I was going to investors, it's not, hey, listen, I'm not slapping this thing on the ground and then walking, walking away, away and saying, I said, no, this thing is going to live and breathe. This is going to be able to have people who are typical to do 50 to 100 hours of community service. This is going to be where caretakers can drop off their loved ones. And now, instead of and instead of, sitting, instead of sitting in a waiting room, no, no, you're going to sit next to another special needs parent. You'll be able to network with doctors and therapists, but also be able to see your loved one either do something that they never did before or something that they used to do. And then that's how all of a sudden this thing really took off in regards to donors is because you went from now just, you know, kids, you went to everyone because eventually everyone's going to need something where they're going to have to do some kind of rehabilitation or, or they're going to have a, a loss of some part of their uh, bodily ability. And um, so things then really started to, to, to roll and, you know, the community and, you know, it's a one man show. Like I have a board and they're great, but they have lives. Justin's on the board and he's got a million things. And I feel bad asking him to say, hey, Justin, can you do this? Okay, I'll do it myself. Justin, you're doing other stuff. <laughs> Come on, man. On occasion, but that, that's but that, yeah. that it was a one, it was you know for the for the most part for a while a, a one man show and you know it's and it's, you have a job and you have a life and you have a family. I yeah. mean, it's not like this is no. You know, I mean, so I, we're all part of different nonprofits and right. in and around the community and the people that typically start those things. That's that is their job, right? So it's no easy feat. It's not like you you do this in the off hours and you can build this multi million dollar nonprofit. On the side, right? right? It's two full-time jobs. It's two and full-time, full-time jobs. being a dad and being a caretaker, and and caretaker. Dad, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, you probably get a lot of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> enough, um, enough. But the drive is there because you want you want to see it built because you know how 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 it's going to help so many people. You know, not only in Tom's River but in Monmouth Ocean and Burlington County. There, there's nothing quite like this in the country. And that's what makes it so different. Sure. I'm not going to say there aren't special needs playgrounds or special needs areas. Like I'm not denying that there are, but not like something like this where it's for anyone of any age to be able to offer all these leagues and all these different, you know, special events, you know, like a perfect example of like, how can Gavin go pumpkin picking? Seriously, he's in a wheelchair. How, how can I take him there? It's something that we used to do with all our kids. Well, it's real simple. You take the baseball field, you get your local landscapers and say, listen, I need you to help. I need you to get me hay. I need you to give me pumpkins. I need you to lay it out all over the field so that, you know, from, you know, for one day from noon to like eight, I can get people who are, who are in a wheelchair, no matter what their age is. And they can go out and now feel the experience wow. of Amazing hearing the idea. music about Halloween and the fall festival. Go get a pumpkin. Not have to worry about like staring and watching everyone else do it. No, right. you go out there. You go get your pumpkin. You go up and you know have a hot chocolate or whatever the case may be. And now you're giving them something to live for, something that they used to either do or never thought they can do. And it gives them now a purpose that, hey, listen, now I have somewhere to go, somewhere I don't get stared at, somewhere I can feel you know, the, these feelings that everyone else gets to uh, appreciate. And, uh, you know, the community has been behind it. And, you know, along the way you meet, you know, great, you meet, you know, great people. And, you know, I don't know why I'm able to pick up or learn quickly. You know, why, why did I come up with the idea of asking for only half the money up from all my donors? And then all of a sudden give me the rest of the amount spread out over five or 10 years. Why did that pop in my head? I, I don't know why. Mm. Just like, 
how do you publicize so that you're right? You're in the New York Daily News. You're in the New York Post. You're you know you're on these different radio shows. You're on ABC News. Like how do I don't, listen, I don't know anybody knows how to do that, but you you figure it out because you this is something that means so much to you that you'd be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a higher level of thinking. I think at the end of the day, when you know when you're passionate about something and you need to get something done. You look at ways, I think, to leverage your time to make sure that your time is best spent doing something that's going to accomplish your goal the quickest. Right. So obviously, audience and you know impact and influence are you know major things, and that's why I think you were be you were able to kind of steam th- through and, and get a lot of this stuff done is because you used your network, you know, that had a bigger audience right. and was able to kind of get the message across right. in a quicker manner. Because obviously, this is something we want to get built. You know, as soon as possible, and yep. and I think really, I mean, from from you to go from 2017 to now, even to get as far as where we went, I mean, it's it's crazy because you don't have a background in building, you know, right. or I'm dealing with government, which and, is basically, uh, you know, you know, those who those who can't work teach, right? I get it, <laughs> um, and raise and millions it, of dollars. You know, once again, you know, and and you're right. You know, I didn't have you know like you know the networking at all, but I you know I used the the people who I knew had that and said, listen, that, that kind of makes sense. What, what I, like, I don't, I'll, I don't know any of these people, but you do. And you got to then hear my story and then you got to put your effort into doing this and you got to sell them. But that's what a teacher is. You got to sell that what you're putting up on the board actually makes sense and, right. and is relevant. And uh, I mean, that's why I got into teaching just because simply of the fact that I wanted to, I wanted to do something in regards to my life so that when I passed away, my life lived on. So, you know, when I was an actuary, my life wasn't living on because I was living to, you know, basically make make money, but there was no purpose. And then when the opportunity to teaching and coaching came along, it, it, it just, it, it fell in so quickly for me because of the fact that I was helping other people, you know, feel better or become better. And, you know, when I'm long gone and people then say, oh, I remember being taught by this guy and he was out of his mind. <laughs> but I do remember him teaching me this and then he's telling his son or daughter like this is how you're supposed to do it and this is the way and that's how you that's how love that that's how your life your purpose um, you know I think for everyone should be and you know you had started off the conversation about you know how, about money you're you're right some people see money as the most important thing and listen I get it we all need money you got to pay your bills and do all that but at the end of the day, when your time is time to click out, you don't take that money with you. And all you're taking all you're taking with you is your spirit. And when it's all said and done, how do you live on? Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part. Are you make are you that impressionable that people will remember you so that you're keeping on living on? And you know, um, I, I think it's important that everyone in some kind of aspect does that. You know, whatever it is. Listen, you don't have to build a special needs complex to leave an impression. But not a bad idea. It it, it moves you along the food chain a little bit. But, you know, it it, it could be someone who's very wealthy, but if you disperse out so much money and you're significantly helping others, well, then you are leaving a a, a lasting impression. But it could be simple as the person who lives next door to you when the accident happens to walk across the street or come over and say, hey, listen, I'll take care of the dogs. I know you have to go up to see. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it sure. depends on how you, you know, how you look at things. But the idea is to forget about yourself for a moment and try to put a smile on someone else's face or help someone else when you know they're, when the chips are down. Last week, we talked a lot about 
you know, there's no shortage of need in the world, right? And a lot of people are starting to move from this success conversation to the significance conversation. And I, I think that's what you're talking about right now, right? Is how do you leave a legacy where it is significant, right? I mean, your kids are going to have, you know, the pleasure of watching you guys build something that leaves legacy even when you are long gone. You know, there's no right. there's no pockets in, in coffins the last time I checked. So you can make a bunch of money, but if it's not doing something significant to impact the community that you're in. And, you know, the fact that it was birthed from a, a car accident that you had to go through is, you know, it's a bad situation that you guys are really turning into something that, is incredible, right? A lot of people jumping on board, a lot of people being impacted for many years to come. I don't know if there's a better definition of what success could look like. I mean, not, you know, uh, we're blown away. Yeah, I, it's, 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 I think it's historical. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, when when people look back, you know, and, and you look back on history and it's, you know, what did you do? And, and your kids are going to be able to look back and say like, they may not know now the impact because obviously it's all fresh, it's new and right. You know, it's something that's happening in real time. But I think when you look back in history, you know, that that's when you see, like, oh, wow. Like, you could see the impact of what right. happened because of what you built and all the stories that are going to come out and all the memories that are going to come out from this park um, that would not have been able to exist. Because, again, our children, you know, our special needs children wouldn't have had these opportunities, and right. now they will. So Yeah, that, you know, and, and you know, <laughs> When you when you you're doing this, you you know you you don't look at that. You 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 know you're not looking at the impact you know uh, of what you're doing. It's kind of like you know being you know like I, you know I played you know baseball in college, and you don't look at in during the season of oh my gosh you know what you know after the season's over, what this is going to mean you know back twenty thirty forty years then when you look back at it, you don't you don't like you're in the moment. You don't really reflect on mm-hmm. uh, what you have done until right. It, it's so far down down the road that you're like, wow, I really you know made an impression. Um, I know now, like I, I I don't think that way. Um, I guess because I'm so just you know grinding with getting this project completed that you know I, I the only thing I'm worrying about is like. All right, did I get to the two point two million? Did I, you know, did did everything get ordered? Did everything is everything going to be built? You know, how is this thing going to live? Like, I'm already six months ahead of wherever I need to be. So, like, here's an example. Like, so it's January. I'm already under the belief that this thing's built. So, in my head, what I'm working on now is the leagues, the festivals. Who's going to sponsor them? Who's going to be there to to run it? I'm going to hire somebody to be able to be there on a, you know, on a, a you know, four or five times a week to be there to make sure that the complex is safe and, and people are having fun. So I think, you know, you're so caught up, though, and you, you need to always, though, be ahead and preparing because if you try to prepare in June to try to run, run a festival in July, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's all this preparatory work that you're doing leading into that that kind of makes it move a little bit smoother but then look at all that your time you're using on getting to that six months period or being a year ahead that right i don't have time to reflect on what i've what have i done people have told me and then when they tell you know my gosh you've done such a great thing and my wife is next to me and then she rolls her eyes like he's not really that great (laughs) (laughs) so you know i tell my wife i say i don't think it's not getting to my head it's just i love it we're just we're you you know she's so such a grounded person because she sees me just as you know the you know the guy she met and the guy she married and you know the, you know just that 
you know, typical guy who's, you know, who's a dad and, you know, who's They're not going to let our heads you know? get big. No. Yeah, that's for no. sure. And you know what? I, I love that, though, because from the outside looking in, right, it's very easy for people to go, oh, man, look at what you've done, blah, blah, blah. They're in it day in, day out with us. And I, I'm talking collectively about all of our wives as we go through this stuff. And, you know, I started laughing. I had what I considered a pretty brilliant idea recently in my kitchen. And I said it. And my wife was like, uh-huh. And I was like, this is this is brilliant. I don't know if you've grasped how brilliant this is. And she goes, yeah, it's good. <laughs> and I, I started laughing and she was like, why are you laughing? I said, because you really do keep me grounded regardless of where we go in life. You know, she's been there through the whole thing. She'll never let my head get big. And I think you need that, right? Yeah. I think part of that humility only comes and stays if the people around you in your circle don't let your head get right. too big, you know? So, all right. So you, you just went through a lot. Let's unpack that a little bit too. I, I, you know, in terms of applying success principles, what you've learned through this whole process, um, you know, head down, step-by-step, step, you're taking on one challenge at a time. Now we're getting close, right? You're getting yeah. close to breaking ground. You just mentioned you're six months ahead of the project. I know from a business standpoint, we all do like the three-year, five-year, one-year goal, break it down into quarterly rocks. What's it look like for from your perspective moving forward? Do you have do you do you guys set goals, fundraising goals, how many meetings you're doing? I mean, on top of your job and, you know, being a dad and a, right. a husband and all that stuff. How are you mapping that out to keep yourself on track? Cuz I'm sure there's days that as exciting as this project is, it's drudgery. Right? I mean, there's some challenges and there's some drudgery of admin stuff that you don't want to do and Permits. there's not Permits. 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 <laughs> the vein One of word. our life right yes. now. One word. We know. Uh, well. and, and once again, you're doing something, as I said before, you know, I've never done anything like this before. Um, and you're and you're learning the game. And, you know, uh, uh, listen, you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. And if you, you know, and once again, so many people have given me leads and it's just like, ah, oh, I never really thought you were going to call them. I said, no, you told me to do that. I'm going to do that. And, you know, the, the whole process of the building aspect that, you know, you, that you're, you're learning on the fly. And um, that's really been kind of like our holdup. But I understand why. Because if you are building something, you want it to be done correctly. And you want to make sure it's to code. And you just don't want to slap something in. Because as everyone said, it says you've done so much intricate work in regards to developing this. Not only the actual complex, but how you built the model for this company, this, this foundation to survive. Not only after the first year, but for the, far, in the next five or 10 years where our annual income, I mean, besides our one major fundraiser, you know, which is a, a casino night, um, you know, in the, like in this regards, late April, um, that's really our own like really major event. And the annual income that's coming in from all the naming rights um, from all the different locations within the complex, that's going to allow us to hire people, uh, run the festivals, run the leagues, um, you know, maintain the complex to a, you know, a, a point where it looks brand new every single time you walk in. So once again, why that popped in my head and why I thought that was the way to do it, I couldn't, I couldn't answer it. It just made sense to me. It made sense that I needed money up front, but I needed a lot more money just to, with, you know, for this to withstand. Um, but the the complex itself, once it's built, and, and you're hoping, you know, that by the end of end of May, that you know you'll have you know a, a, a grand opening and uh, people will be able to come and now utilize this complex. Is once it's open, you want to be able to make sure that this thing's being utilized, and that's where all this now pre stuff 
that it's in my head that I'm writing down in a journal, it becomes so important. And you're reaching out to entities already, you know, RWJ Barnabas and, you know, um, Encompass and all these other different um, health groups, you know, health companies that are out there and say, listen, how can you have your volunteers, you know, or your workers volunteer at the complex? You know, how do you get Lowe's and Home Depot and, mm. and HACO, like different entities, you know, that are big businesses in our, in our community? How are, and how are you going to help? And so you already have that lined up. So that's really, if to me, if you're running a business, it's not only about the day-to-day, it's about, you know, in, in the future, that's just as important as as what we're doing now. So in regards to our foundation, you know, financially, we're, we're, we're solid because of the naming rights and because of our one, you know, significant casino night. Um, but what's so funny about the community is right now I'm at a point where people are wanting to do fundraisers for us. And so here, like, here's an example. So um, uh, we go to, Mary and I go to a gym because we have that actual time to do that. But we do. But it's a, you know, listen, it's a five o'clock in the morning. So yeah. you, you get there, you do what you got to do. Because if you're not good healthily, I don't know, you're not going to survive. But uh, it's force fitness. And a lady in, the, in, that, in my class works for, it works for Allied Beverage. And she's like a really high up. And they're based in Elizabeth. And basically, they supply all the liquor for all the spirits and most liquor stores within Tom's River and the surrounding communities. And Force Fitness and Allied Beverage slash Spirits came to us and said, listen, we want to do a, a wine and dine, which is on January 18th, 6.30 to 9.30. I'm going to the, be there. At the RWJ Barnabas Health. And it's, it's, it's underneath one roof. You ready for this? You get over 100 different uh, beer, wine, and liqueurs to, to, to taste. Wow. You have 10 local restaurants giving away free food. You have gift baskets. You have auctions. You have a live band. And this band's good. And like, so it's underneath one roof. How, to get all that for three hours, 70 bucks. How, where, where else can you do that? Yeah. So they it's going to be a good time. Right. It's going to be a blast. Because if you've ever been to our casino nights, oh, yeah. those, things are absolute, it's, those things are absolute parties. Because that's the idea. You want to embrace, if you're going to be doing something, embrace it. Here we go again. Totally. You're all in. So if you're going to do an event, you want it to be as much of a party as it possibly can be. And you want to appreciate the people who are actually giving you $70 for a ticket to say, hey, listen, I really got my money's worth. Great. So when we do something else, you know that you're going to get 100% from us and that you know your money is going to be appreciated. So they come together, Ally Beverage and Fort Fitness, and said, listen, we'll do it all. The only thing we need is, can you get us a place that can hold anywhere between 350 to 450 people? I said, no problem. No problem. I'll take care of that. And that's what's great about the community. Now, a lot of the times we do fundraisers, sometimes I don't have to... I, they, people come to us now and say, listen, we want to do a fundraiser for the Field of Dreams. We want to help you out. I mean, we had a, um, um, in October, uh, Dine for TFOD. So this is another one of these ideas. Why is it popping in my head? I have no idea. But most clubs within schools have like a, uh, you know, from five to eight, you know, Dine at Burger 25. And, you know, they'll give like 10% of the process. Yeah, yeah. So why did it pop in my head? It's like, why am I going to just do one restaurant? Why don't I just get all of them? And that's what we did. We had a October 24th. It just passed. We had a dine for TRFOD. We had over like 40 restaurants all within Tom's River on that one day. Say, listen, you just go in there. Say, listen, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm here is because I, I, want, I want to dine for TRFOD. And then whatever the 
restaurant wanted to give, I could care less, 10%, 20%, 15%, they gave us a donation. That raised a little bit over $12,000. Wow. wow. But that's something that usually only raises like $250 for yeah. one little place, was able to raise $12,000 on one day. And But that's the thing about Tom's River and the surrounding areas is that if when they heard the story, and that's the hardest part, that's to me still the hardest part, how do you get the people to know about your story. I mean, social media and all this other stuff, I'm not very good at. But how do you get more people to know about the story? How do you get more people to know about, you know, what you're doing in your life? If you can ever master that, then you got something because now you're now you're just pulling people in left and right. You know, for a project that needs people to be helpful. You mentioned you mentioned earlier um, that you were you're hoping to hit that 2.2. How far off are you guys right now? If, um, if the wine and dine does what it's supposed to do, and if the casino night does what it's supposed to do, then I'll have the two point two million. Excellent. And in my mind, you know, as a math guy, it doesn't make sense. When I went into this, I actually thought, let me build this thing, and then I think I'll get the back end of the money. Right. Because all right, here I am now selling something, but I'm saying like here it is. Like I'll bring I'll bring people to the place and say, Listen, let's have a meeting at the Field of Dreams. Yeah. And now this is where this is where your money's going to. And to me, as a now and I'm not a business guy, as a math guy, that what's what would make sense. Have something built, show it, people invest. Well it was it turned out to be opposite. We actually will actually have the money that we actually need and we still haven't built anything yet. Not to say we're not going to be building it, but it doesn't make sense. Now, what really helped along the way was our website. You know, and once again, here's, you know, you have a, a group, KB Technical. They listen, don't worry about your website. We'll take care of it. You have a, a Monorano Recreation. You know what? We'll build you a, a virtual tour. Don't worry about it. You know, you have, you know, A-plus letter service. You know what? You need printing needs. Don't worry about it. There are so many entities that just said, hey, listen. We know we get your passion. We get what you're doing. We're gonna we're 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 gonna help you out. And there's such a long list of all these different communities and different entities that helped us out that I could be here for, you know I could be here for two hours just ringing them out because um, that's how many people have been involved in this. But yeah, if if the January 18th event okay and the April 25th event if they sell out like they usually do then we'd have the 2.2 million. That's not to say close your checkbooks, though. That still means that there's plenty of work to be done moving forward. Of course. So you might not be able to help in the construction, but you can certainly help moving forward and helping out with these leagues and getting the people there. And, you know, Justin and I were talking about something that I think would be really cool, which is, you know, typically the financial burden, right, on special needs parents is such that maybe they can't go out and afford a league. Right. right. So to be able to have those scholarships available for people to participate in those leagues and all these different options that you guys are going to be offering. So there's still no shortage of need here. We still need you guys to, you know, go to Tom's River Field of Dreams dot com and figure out a way how to donate, how to volunteer, reach out to Christian or Justin or anybody on the on the board and uh, figure out a way to how to help. I mean, such a great cause. So many people that can help. And, you know, we're excited to be a part of it. I, this will be my first event, the Wine and Dine. And so we're excited about that. So we got about 10 minutes left. So I, I think, you know, we touched on a lot of things in terms of overcoming adversity, how to plan, how to, you know, <laughs> get out of your comfort zone, certainly, and out of the math uh, classroom and start raising millions of dollars and getting people around you to help, which I think is 
the crux of probably all of our successes, which is other people can get you there, right? It's telling the story, finding your tribe of people, right? People that come out of the woodwork and go, oh, hey, that's a lot like my story. And when you start to find your people, then you start to, you know, many hands make, make light work. So it's, um, it's, it's an inspiring, you know, just kind of community tale of people coming together. I'm on your website right now and just seeing all of the different local and national companies that have reached out to you guys and how they're helping and stuff. So really cool. What do you guys got to add here? Yeah. I mean, the only thing, I mean, it's been an incredible journey. Um, I mean, we partnered with you early on and we were just like, this is it. We, we want to be part of this. And, you know, just hearing your story, we've been sharing it and so forth. But now that it's like almost here and it's at the finish line, um, kicking off, you know, opening the grand opening, what do you envision, Christian, I guess, someone with special needs showing up to this this park for the first time? What's the process? Are they going to, yep. is there going to be like a registration? Is anyone able to just show up? Right. You know, especially if like a non-special needs is there, like right. how does that work? Yeah, the, the idea is, so like an example, let, let, let's just do our family. So you have five children that are typical and you have one, you know, that has a special need. And you are hoping that, you know, it's, it'll be open, you know, just like a, a regular park. So you're talking like, right. you know, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And, you know, a family like ours will, will go in there and you'll have volunteers there. And basically the volunteers, you're, and you're hoping they're, for the most part, the high school students, you know, from the four major high schools that are surround the Field of Dreams, is that they just come up to, you know, Gavin, who's in a wheelchair, and not really worried about that he's in a wheelchair, just say hello. Hey, would you like to try, you know, a zip line? Hey, would you like to go on a swing? Hey, you want to have a catch? That's all. Or, you, you, you know, we're, we're out playing and, and a volunteer comes by and says, hey, listen, is there anything I can get you? Is there anything you need? You know, the goal is, is to make people who are in a wheelchair or who have a special need, all of a sudden, all of that be stripped away. And now everyone looks at each other eye to eye. Getting that which sense is, of normalcy back. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's not because, you know, I'm a wheelchair. Well, I can't do this. I can't. Do that. No, you can. You're going to try it. And if you fail, all right, so be it. But at least you got to try it. It allows them parents who, once again, who are with special needs, you don't have to worry about now, oh, well, it's $89 to get into Great Adventure. It's $74 to get in Sesame Place. No, you're going to have the same type of fun at those two places here at this Field of Dreams. Now, the one thing that will make us a lot different from everybody, and that's our goal is once we have this built, is we will have two special need bathrooms that are unlike anything in the country, where if you have a loved one, no matter what their size and what their age is, that you'll have a place where you can now take care of your loved one if they have some kind of you know bathroom need. Um, so that's I know a big deal. I mean, this I, is huge. So like, I, I know when I go to Yankee Stadium or to City Field or to MetLife, I would have to lay Gavin on the floor, and you're talking a three entities that do not have special needs bathroom. I mean, they have this little thing that comes off the wall that can hold a baby there or maybe up to 30 right. pounds. Yeah. But they don't have what we're going to have, which is a, an actual platform lift. And it, all you do is press on it. And if anywhere it holds anywhere from anywhere from 10 pounds all the way up to 550 pounds. And basically, a, a curtain comes around you. You have your own privacy. You have your own space. And you take care of your loved one as if you would have taken care of them at their own home. And then that decency, that feel of, all right, I'm not going to be stared at. I'm not going to be watched at. I don't have to leave. Right. You know, the same thing. It's like the quiet corner that we're, we're, that we're also building. You know, a mom came up to me and says, listen, I have three sons, 17, 15, and 11. 17, 11, highly autistic. 15-year-old, perfectly typical. And wherever they go, 
one of the boys, or if not both of the boys who are autistic, has an issue. And what happens? <laughs> Either they all have to leave or they split up. And that's not the idea. The idea is, hey, listen, can you build me a place where I can take one or two of my ch- children? If they have an issue, let's resolve the issue. But then she said, but then we can re-enter and go back to what we were doing. And then to learn, listen, you're not, you didn't get your way. Let's deal with that feeling. Let's deal with that problem. But just know we're going back to do what we're doing. So you're teaching like life lessons. So, you know, that's that's basically the idea of the complex where there is no fee. You know, same thing, all the leagues, all the festivals, all that will be the fundraising, everything that we've done. Because they need to know that I, it's not going to cost them. Like that shouldn't hinder them. Just like it shouldn't hinder somebody in a wheelchair not to be able to go down a slide or a swing or to hit a home run in a game or make a basket in a basketball game. Like that should not stop you from getting that feeling of success, fun, enjoyment because you know something happened in your life that made you worse. So that's the idea uh, Abe, when you when you come in here. That's the goal that when everyone enters they'll be able to experience things, you know, be if they're typical or not. I love that. Perfect. Yeah, it's awesome. My, uh, I, I actually had a special needs brother that passed away a couple of years ago, and I was his guardian for a couple of years. And growing up with him in wheelchairs, going out, and, you know, I, having that understanding of what that looks like to try to change a 30-year-old, 160-pound man who's yeah. in diapers yeah. in a bathroom stall at the mall, it's a difficult thing to do. Right. So to even just think about, wow, we can go down a slide together. Right. Mm-hmm. We can go put them on a swing and do those types of things. It's something that certainly pulls at my heartstrings. And I'm sure that there's a ton of families that you're meeting through this process that you get to do, too. So <clears throat> we're going to wrap up here. And, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time. We do have one thing that we want to um, talk about from from our end real quick. Uh, so I own Integrity Holdings Group, which is a commercial real estate investment firm. My uh, my team is actually in the house. So Travis Cotter is my partner. He's way in the back there. And then Sean, who's my chief operating officer, came in to listen to your story. And these guys being on the board and also being donors, um, you know, and hearing your story and how it has affected us. We just want to read this quick letter to you if you don't sure. mind. So Integrity Holdings Group, commercial real estate investment firm focused on purchasing and developing multifamily self-storage, student housing assets in the Midwest and Southeast. We're devoted to offering safe, consistent investment opportunities secured by real estate. That's just what we do, right? We provide a wealth building vehicle that creates value and hopefully changes lives. In every project that we do, we partner with a nonprofit with a mission that we believe in like yours. We know that fundraising is a time-consuming yet necessary task, and it takes time away from the mission at hand. We aim to help by providing a source of consistent and passive income for years to come through these projects. And in 2020, we're pleased to announce that we are intending to partner with you and your organization on one of our future projects this year. The specifics of timing and donation amounts are not yet known, as we're not sure what this year will bring in terms of acquisitions. But our company goal is to close on four to six projects and partner with the same number of organizations like yours in the process. Our acquisition targets are between five to $20 million. We, similar projects should produce anywhere between 75000 to over $300,000 in donations per project to our partners over a five-year hmm. period of time. Wow. And uh, that's our typical project dur- duration. So. We uh, we definitely want to talk to you more offline about the sure. specifics of it. But that's but great. That's we're really ridiculous. Excited. Oh man! So thanks for everything that you guys are Thank doing. Thank you so much. Thank that's you everybody uh, at Remax Revolution for bringing us into the opportunity to be able to to partner with you guys. And I know that we're all really excited 
to uh, to do that with you this year. So we'll get into the specifics. So I think we are out of time, and I yep. think we have covered a lot of success stories today. So go out, TomsRiverfieldOfDreams.com, and go out and continue to find your own success. Thank you for tuning in to the Finding Success Show. For more exclusive content and previous episodes, check out successradioshow.com. That's www.successradioshow.com.